From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Wildfire spreading across California, vaping deaths, punches and counterpunches in the impeachment inquiry. The problems of the world can feel inescapable with each ping of a news alert. Darren Kagan knows that all too well. As a local reporter and later anchor for CNN, she covered the good, the bad, and the ugly, from red carpets to wars to accompanying Bono on his tour of Africa. Well, now she's focusing on the good. DarrenKagan.com showcases some of her own stories and aggregates positive and uplifting stories from around the world. So we're taking a breather with her (laughs) to talk about what turned her around and to hear some of the positive and inspiring tales that are indeed out there. Darren Kagan, journalist, author, and content. Content creator joins me in the studio. Darren, thank you so much for being here. Good morning. It is such a pleasure. I know I'm a little late, but welcome to Atlanta, even though you've been here <laughs> a little bit. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, we know network news, very demanding job, mm-hmm. and you you have to present news that can be complicated and sad and difficult while being calm and presentable yourself. In fact, you had the great example of this on the air when the second plane hit the Twin Towers on 9-11. What do you remember from that day? Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday, right? For those of us that were alive then, yeah. which is not everybody. Um, so the big thing for me was, yeah, you said it was a second plane. So the first plane, I was actually in the makeup room getting ready. And one of the producers came in and said, just so you know, there's this thing going on. And, you know, you look up at the monitors just to be aware. Mm-hmm. And with plane number one, if you go back and remember, it was, I mean, our, it could was have a been a bizarre it, air yes, crash. It was a private plane. Um, but to be on the air the second time, I think that was the moment that all of our worlds really changed. So you have a lot of things going on. You're, you know, you're a journalist. You want to tell the story. It's breaking news. It's what you're there to do. On a personal note, my baby sister was living in New York City mm. and um, she was in the village. So I was doing breaking news, doing as much as I can. My co-anchor, Leon Harris, was on the air with me. We're ping-ponging back and forth. Um, And every time I would throw to him, I would turn around and frantically do something, like call. We didn't have text. Right, um, exactly. Anything, just to try to reach her. So it was kind of a split-brain experience, part journalist, part big sister, wanting to make sure that my little sister was okay. Well, um, that's the thing about this, mm-hmm. the emotional and the yeah. business. I mean, from a news perspective, that's a coup, you know, in the face of an unbelievable tragedy, you are there on the air. What kind of emotional toll does that take? Well, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, I think we're kind of warped people that go <laughs> into traditional news in a way. Um, we were talking about this a little mm-hmm. bit before we went on the air and that it's kind of the unspoken thing, right? you as human beings, we don't want bad things to happen. However, as journalists, if a big story is going to happen, you want to be the one who gets to go cover it. So you clamor. It's like, you know, put me in, coach. Um, and sometimes it's because you're picked and because of whatever the pecking order is in the newsroom and, and that staff. And sometimes it's just luck. I mean, honestly, that morning of 9-11, that was luck, so to speak, um, because that was our regular shift of when that was going to happen, uh, of when that happened. Um, truthfully, not that long after that, they pulled us off the air to um, start promoting their, quote unquote, bigger stars. Hmm. Um, and then you just you're looking for your opportunity to get in and, and, and tell the story. Right. It, it gives you kind of a distorted vision of the world on some level. And it this does. is something that you talked about. You gave a TED talk on uh-huh. how to watch the news and how to be inspired by it. And you told your own story mm-hmm. of what happened after CNN did not renew your contract. Mm-hmm. So for you, a dual meaning there of being let go. What, right. what were those meanings? So I was let go, which 
usually has a bad connotation, right? We're going to have to let you go. Right. Uh, after 12 years, um, I loved CNN. I loved my job. There's a good chance I would still be sitting there if they hadn't let me go. That being said, it was a chance to let myself go and ask myself, what do I really want to do with my life and with my career? And this feeds into you know your previous question of, is this really what you want to do? Do you want to spend every single day coming to work talking about doom and gloom? Yeah. And at this time in my life, I'd kind of started my own personal journey. So in my personal life, I was focusing on positive and uplifting things. And then I was coming to work and talking about doom and gloom. And it really wasn't a match. And so that was my opportunity to set off in an entirely different direction. Looking for good news. For good the news. Good, the good right. news game. Yes, the good, yes. <laughs> well, people do want to be informed, of course. Yes. Natural and disaster. I think that's important. I do. Yeah. yeah, so finding that sort of balance mm-hmm. between knowing what's going on in the world and, and and getting access to things that aren't necessarily, I don't know, overwhelming. So how can people take in information without being so overwhelmed? So I think it's actually a very exciting time in media. From I think the whole power paradigm has shifted. So if you go back even 20 years ago and then before that, we were captives of you had to sit on your couch and wait till six o'clock for somebody in New York City to tell you what's the news, what's important, what order, how long, and that's all you get. I mean, if I told you that, if I said, Virginia, okay, I'm going to be totally in charge of all the content and everything you get, you would look at me like, you're like, Darren, right. you're nuts. You're not right? the, the voice on high. You are not. You are not the boss of me. <laughs> you're not. I mean, the power now is in your hand, whether it's the phone you're holding or the mouse. Um, for your computer or your laptop, the consumer is in charge. And so you, being if the, whoever's listening, or you, Virginia, or me, Darren, you get to decide what's going in that head of yours. And there's so many sources. Now, that part can be overwhelming, I'll, I'll grant you. But you get to decide how much impeachment. Well, not, maybe not you, because this is your job. <laughs> but the consumer gets to decide how much impeachment are you going to take in, how much fires, how much shootings, um, I think it's really important to be informed, but you take it to the point of where you're inspired and then ask yourself, okay, what can I do with that and what change can I make? Darren Kagan is with me. She's an author. She's a content creator. And we're talking about how you can use the news to both inform and inspire mm-hmm. you. That's right. Inspire yes. you, which yes. is not something you generally think of. I mean, people are inspired to action because of anger, you know, because they mm-hmm. hear something on the news. But to be inspired by stories that give you another perspective on another life. In fact, the first story that you you worked on about a double amputee is named Scott Rigsby, right. who wanted to make history. How did he set out to do it? So Scott is from here in Atlanta. Well, he's from Georgia, but he lives here in Atlanta. He's a double amputee. Um, He wanted to become the first double amputee to complete the Ironman triathlon, like the big Mac Daddy one, not like a cute little weekend one, (laughs) which is kind of nuts. Um, So I went and shot a story with him for DarrenKagan.com. And of course, one of the obvious questions is, don't people tell you you're nuts? You know, this has never been done before. And he presented to me this idea of the energy budget. And this helps me every day of my life. So we all understand the financial budget, right? You don't have to tell me, but I bet you know how much is in your bank account, right? right? And you know how much you can spend on your rent, on your vacation, on your clothes, on going out tonight. Um, Because there's a certain finite amount of money there. Well, every day we wake up, we have a certain finite amount of energy. Um, How much I have today is different than how much you have, how much I might have tomorrow. So I get to decide what I'm going to spend that on. 
And as Scott explained to me, he's like, look, if I'm going to make this happen, I need to spend my energy on swimming this much, running this much, biking this much every single day. I choose not to spend my energy on the people who are telling to tell me that I, I'm never going to do this. That's a choice. Um, by the way, I will um, give you a spoiler. He did make history. And um, <laughs> the story's on the website, but you get to see him crossing the finish line at, Co- at Kona with uh, two arms overhead. So really inspiring. So what kind of response did you get? Um, to the story? Yeah. Oh, the story. I mean, people love that story. Um, he's made a speaking career out of that story and, and written books on that story. And, um, and you know, that's one of the side effects of of my job. It's really hard to have a pity party day <laughs> because we all try to have them, right? You know, and like, okay, well, here's Scott Rigsby without legs uh, making history. All right. I'm over myself. So what um, did that tell you about the hunger that other people have for stories that are uplifting? I, I mean, I see it every day. I can watch my traffic. Yeah. I can see which stories sell, so to speak. I can see uh, what sells on social media, what people get excited about. I think the important thing with this kind of news, though, too, is size, right? Because you can also, an inspiring story could also kind of maybe get you down because you could say, well, I would never do that. Shoot, I right, have Right, I would never legs. sell my, my home to go work in famine. Exactly, torn. I'm not going right. to do that. Um, but the neat thing is, is you can find something that fits your size. Like I just posted a story on the website before I came over, Sarah Jessica Parker, the actress from Sex and mm-hmm. the City. She had posted on her Instagram um, earlier in the week, someone stole all the pumpkins off their front stoop in New York City. And oh. she was like, oh, what's wrong with humanity? Well, this morning she posted, someone unbeknownst to her had come, actually a couple of people, and had left little pumpkins on her front door. So when she was like, oh, the ki- decency wins, the kindness. The um, She's so excited about that. My point is, there's a big scale of doing good in the world that we can all kind of figure out what you have room in your energy budget for. Somebody's going to have energy to go make history, to go make a huge social change. And sometimes it's just about doing one little kind thing that is going to just rock someone's day. So I want to go back to that idea of, you know, when there used to be just three networks Mm -hmm. and you'd get the news Mm -hmm. from on high. Maybe at the end of the local news, you'd get the story about the cat up on the roof that was rescued, right? right? Kitties and rainbows. Right, exactly. Uh But so you spend a lot of time in news meetings and editorial conversations. And you know, positive stories, do-gooder stories get get pitched, but they're not deemed as newsworthy. So how for you did you realign your thinking to this is a story? So, yeah, if it bleeds, it leads, yeah, right? And right. it's not going to make, we don't have time for that. Um, so I I think I was starting to get ready for this journey before I even left CNN. It did help that I had my own show. And so I could say, oh, I'm going to go do this story on my own time. I would see the stories that I loved and fit them in where I could. Um, so I was getting ready for those kind of stories. Um, and then, you know, it's this time that we're in. If it was just three networks, um, there wouldn't be room for it because there's 22 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And and the people with a certain bias, and I'm not even getting into political bias, it's a news bias of this is what people want to see. They're deciding what gets in and what doesn't. But now there's room for websites and social media and Facebook pages. There's other places to open other stores, so to speak. I'm not trying to tell CBS or your program or CNN that they need to be wall-to-wall good and uplifting news. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of liken it to when you go shopping. You know, you're going to the butcher for your meat. You're going to the grocery store to get your paper towels. And you go to the bakery to get something sweet. You don't show up at the bakery angry that they're not selling steak, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I look at it as I'm running a bakery. 
I'm selling the sweet stuff. It's important to have the other things. I wouldn't try to tell you your diet should all be uh, sweet stuff. Absolutely not. But that's my niche. Well, the other thing is, uh, you know, sometimes we'll see like the, the, the video of the kid pushing back at the bully and everybody's looking at that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, but you actually got to follow up on some. We have just a minute left. But okay. there's this story about a woman who quit her job to search for her dog for 57 days. Just an amazing story. Right. So, um, and I will say dog stories go crazy on DarrenKagan.com. Um, so this Maybe is, your own affinity. Exactly. My own butters listening. That's, um, uh, anyhow, this is a woman. She was a postal worker, semi-retired in Washington State. And she and her husband took their rescue dog to Montana for a vacation. They went out to dinner the first night. They come back and the dog had been spooked and took off. And they looked and looked and looked for that dog and they couldn't find it. They go home. She knows I can't do this. And so she quit her job. She, she did ask for a leave. People said I would ask. She asked for a leave. They said, no, you can't do it. So she said, okay, I'm quitting. And she went back and she just worked that neighborhood for 57 days, sleeping on people's couches, doing what she could, putting up posters. And let's just say that Katie the dog is now home with Carol oh, King and her husband. Okay. Yeah, so, happening. all right. So there is this beautiful good news yeah. feeling that mm-hmm. you get from something like that. That is filling up my little energy budget for today. Well, there you go. And then I hope you stop by DarrenKagan.com and see more. Darren Kagan, DarrenKagan.com again is an author, journalist, and a content creator. Her 2016 book is called Hope Possible, a networker's thoughts on losing her job, finding love, a new career, and my dog. Always my dog. Always Thank my you dog. again for Thank being you, with us. Now, we might have to ask you to come back and give us some more of those uplifting stories from time to time. You're listening to Modest Mouse's Float On, because as they say in the song, good news is on the way. And tell us, what's some positive or inspiring news you've heard lately? Coming up, Elton John is on his way to Atlanta. We're going to talk to his longtime lyricist, Bernie Toppin. When On Second Thought continues. <laughs> 